your home of the pins and the best pins covering. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Last night's game was not lacking for highlights, but the moment that resonated most was Evgeny Malkin's brilliant goal to make a three zip. It was the perfect storm. Gino was in the box. The Penguins killed the penalty. Some of the Flyers were out there tired. And look out, here comes Gino. Gino pulled away from Giroux. Giroux quit on the play. Then Malkin blew around Gostas Bear like he was invisible. And Gostas Bear is their number one defenseman. And then Gino fired a backhand that was sizzling. You could hang the washout on that one. Sweet sassy Mo Lassie. You could hear the rubber crackle on that one. That's a great ball by a superb player. But what I like this, it said to the Flyers, this is what we got. And this is what you don't. And then Sid, Sid said it again and again and again. Sid and Gino are the Penguins' biggest advantage, not just over the Flyers, but over any team in hockey. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. I'm getting some tweets. Why aren't you rubbing it in harder, beating the Flyers 7-0? Because Pittsburgh's only won one game. Got to win four. Now, if you want to think ahead in your mind to how I am after Pittsburgh wins four, that might be what you want today. But you're not going to get it today because the Penguins have only won one and they need to win four. I will say this, though. If the Penguins win this series, especially if they win it in short order, I think a new T-shirt will be in the offing. Not sure yet what it will say, but a new T-shirt will be in the offing. Uh, One small, very small complaint about Evgeny Malkin. Gina got to stay out the box. He took two pens in the offensive zone in the first period. But if you score a goal like that, I guess it doesn't matter. Sid whacked one out of the air on the backhand. He hadn't done that before. Sid's a switch hitter now, like Neil Walker. And then he got a couple of normal goals. I suggested it. I said to Sid on the show Tuesday, hey, when are you going to score a normal goal? And the captain went out and made it so. I want some hockey calls. 412. 3-3-3-99-39. I actually do enjoy talking to the Hoi Poi during the hockey playoffs. There's news every day. There's very rarely more than one day between games, so what happened is fresh. The speculation is fresh. I'm just so glad the hockey postseason is here. Uh, lots of stuff to look at when it comes to last night's Penguins win. As I mentioned, the Penguins blocked 24 shots last night. Ruedel blocked six. The Flyers as a team blocked only 13. Uh, The Penguins know what time it is. The Flyers weren't even sure where they were at or what day it was. It was good to see the fourth line play well and get a lot of minutes. Aston Reese played 13 minutes, and I'm a bit surprised to see uh, Aston Reese out there killing penalties 
so much, but he did a good job at that. Riley Shane played 15 minutes, and Kuhnhockel played 13 minutes. Sid only played 16 minutes, a hat trick in 16 minutes. That's a good night, and not too demanding physically if you're thinking about the long run. This just in, Sam Carcidi, who covers the Flyers for the, I think, whatever paper hasn't yet folded out there, the Inquirer maybe, Daily News, one of those. He tweeted that Brian Elliott is likely to start the Flyers-Penguins game too despite a 7-0 blowout loss. Gee, Sam, good reporting. I mean, Hextall, the coach, said that at last night's post-game gathering, but... Uh, if you want to think it's breaking news, I, I guess you can. Uh, just like the breaking news in 2012 that Crosby passed the baton to Giroux as the game's best player during that playoff series in 2012, uh, Sam Carcini tweeted that, and that tweet hasn't aged well. You know, I'm a bit of a homer, and it's easy to be a bit of a homer when, you know, the team you work with is two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. But, but the Philadelphia hockey media, they're dedicated homers because they never win and they're still homers. If the Penguins never won, I'd have a hard time being a homer. The Flyers never win, and yet their media uh, is stoogerific to a fault. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, maybe the Flyers should start Nick Foles in goal next game. That might be their best alternative. Nobody's calling to talk about how much they miss Ian Cole's shot blocking and penalty killing today. And, and you know, if you think they miss it, you probably should be calling or tweeting, complaining somewhere, because last night Ruido blocked six shots, the Penguins' PK was four for four. And let's face it, the first real game they've had to play this season, when... This Penguin season is looked back upon. You're going to judge it by what happened starting last night and not really much by what happened before. Let's go to Steve. Steve in Peters Township. Steve, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Hey, Steve. Uh, my, my question for you is, 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 this, is one game enough to show that this team, this players, this, this coaching staff, has the ability to make that switch that quickly from No, no, it, it's, it's not it's not enough, or... Steve. We can't say yet they flipped the switch because it's one game and because they're playing the weakest opponent possible. And that's one thing so I will conclude the... after last night. If the Flyers can regroup and win game two and regroup even further and pull the upset, then God bless them, but they're the worst team in these playoffs, and that would be an upset of absolutely monumental proportions. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, but it just seems like even the players digging in the corners, blocking shots like you mentioned, it's like during the regular season they just were not trying to get hurt. They were just trying to get to the playoffs. And well, that's only the because they just weren't trying to get hurt and just trying to get to the playoffs, Steve. Duh. I, I, you know, if I played on a contending hockey team where I felt my job, my employment was secure for the long haul, the only way I would block a shot in the regular season is if I couldn't get out of the way. All right, Mark, thanks. These are smart guys. 
No, they're smarter than smart. They're winners. They've won two straight Stanley Cups. If nothing else, I think they have the timetable figured out. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Mikey and Big Bob on, on KISS FM had an interesting uh, scenario they were talking about. If if they had a Royal Rumble, WWE Royal Rumble, one for male Pittsburgh TV personalities and another for female Pittsburgh TV personalities, who would win? The female one's easy. It's just so easy to call. Heather Abraham from KDK TV, because of her experience doing whatever it is she did, and, and she knows and I know, and if you went to Shaler, you know, but but she used to hang out in the Shaler High School parking lot when she went there. That is a parking lot that breeds fighters and it breeds champions. I believe also marijuana salesmen, but that's neither here nor there. If Heather got into a, a Royal Rumble featuring local Pittsburgh female TV personalities, she would rip everyone's ovaries out and just triumph handily. In the men, I got to go with Kevin Benson, the weather guy on Channel 11. I just picture him not taking no for an answer. Benson might have to come in late. Like they have 30 participants. Benson might have to come in like at number 26. But if he came in late, I think he'd win. The, the biggest legit badass is Sheldon Ingram, who used to play like semi-pro football. If you play semi-pro football, which is not professional football in any stretch of the imagination, you're getting no money. So if you're playing a game where you hurt people and get hurt, you're doing it for fun, That that's pretty badass. But I picture Sheldon getting ganged up upon by like, you know, a bunch of guys. Marty Griffin's a born backstabber. He'd probably, you know, get a group to gang up and eliminate Sheldon Ingram. Those are my picks. Heather Abraham on the female side and uh, and Kevin Benson on the male side. And I, I will not be dissuaded from those picks. I, I think I think they're obvious. Heather Abraham's about four foot two as well. Oh my god, you know what? Is Jennifer Ann Kowiak still on TV? She has like 19 kids. What if they what if they accompanied her to the ring and just interfered? The referee couldn't keep track of all of them. As I said back in the day, for the love of God, woman, it's a uterus, not a clown car. 1059DX. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 1059DX. We got Josh Owe at the bottom of the hour, and we'll also be giving away a couple tickets to tomorrow night's game between the Penguins and Flyers. That's in just a little bit, so please do keep it right here on 105.9 X. Uh, we have talked nonstop about game one between the Flyers and Penguins last night. 7 nothing. You can't quote yet because there's still three games left to be won, but uh, I can't think of the way, anyway, that the series could have had a better start. Unless, of course, they would have won 8-0 or better yet, 9 nothing. A lot of things I told you were going to happen, happened. First off, Sid and Gino ripped it up. This is their time of year. Murray and Latang were excellent. You fretted. Oh, Murray's always hurt. Oh, Murray's been inconsistent. Oh, Tanger makes those big turnovers. But they were great because 
it's their time of year. Right now is what matters. If you want to tweet me and ask a question that way or make a comment that way, you can, at Mark X. Joan with an interesting tweet. Who is your most underrated player in the Penguins roster? My guy's Brian Rust. The man scores goals when they're needed and is the most interchangeable player among the four lines. Well, to address your last point first, Jonah, uh, no doubt on that. You could play Brian Rust at either wing on any of the four lines. Of the 12 spots up front in the Penguins lineup, Brian Rust would be comfortable stylistically and in terms of position in eight of those. In terms of him being the most underrated player on the Penguins roster, I don't know if if he's really that underrated. Everybody knows his scoring record in elimination games. He got the, the goal to open the series last night. The Penguins have a bunch of guys who step up in a big way when the time is right, when the playoffs are here, when the money is on the table. Case in point, Carl Hagelin has 10 goals all year. I think he had, what, three in the first half of the season. As I famously commented back then, Carl Hagelin isn't in a slump. Carl Hagelin has stopped scoring. But eventually he started scoring again. And last night, after Russ gets the first goal, who gets the second goal? Carl Hagelin tip in off a great feed from another playoff stalwart, Patrick Hornquist. You know who got the second assist on that goal? Riley Shane, who was either in the doorway or on the bench when the goal actually got scored because he passed the puck to Horny and then headed for a change because he'd been out there with the fourth line. A fourth line who softened the Flyers up with a great shift right before that goal. So, Jonah, to address uh, your your question about Rust, is he the Penguins' most underrated player? I wouldn't say they have underrated players because this time of year, it's all hands on deck. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Don in Plum. Don, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Hi, Don. I got a question. A natural hat trick is three in a row. I didn't think Sid scored three straight. Yeah, he did score three straight. He scored three straight back-to-back? Yeah, that's easily verifiable as opposed to calling me on the radio and and asking me, but yes, yeah. he scored the five nothing, six nothing, and seven nothing goals. Natural hat trick. I wouldn't pay that much close attention to the game then. Well, so what you need to do like is, is what you need to do is call a radio show and totally bog it down with something like this. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, what's up, man? What up? Hey, based on the law of averages, does it concern you that they won seven to nothing on their first game in a series? Just asking for fun. What? The law of averages. Just like how baseball stats are put together, you know? No, I don't know. I think what you're saying is totally nonsensical and even stupider than the last guy who called, and I thought what he said was pretty stupid. It's actually how you define how baseball was played in your own words. Okay, this isn't baseball. I know, I'm just saying. If it was baseball, the Pittsburgh team probably would have lost and I would have fallen asleep while watching. You and me both. Oh my God! They won seven nothing. They probably won't score any more goals now. 
Let's go to Casey in Bethel Park. Casey, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I know it's early in the series, but, you know, last night got me thinking back to the the final last year and that, that blowout that kind of, I think, kind of broke Nashville a little bit. You think that's possible? What, what, wait, what? The... You mean the Game 5 blowout last year? Yeah. Yeah, and then the Penguins only beat them 2 nothing in, in Game 6 with the second goal being an empty net goal. So, honestly, brah, Nashville's back didn't look all that broken in Game 6. Uh, as far as Philadelphia goes, they're a far inferior team uh, to Nashville, both this year and last year. And uh, I don't think their spirit is broken just yet. I think if the Penguins can win uh, game two tomorrow night and go up two games and not heading back into Philadelphia, I think the Flyers might indeed roll over, lay down, and die like dogs. This is certainly what I'm hoping for. But uh, again, I repeat, the Penguins have won only one game. They need to win four. Up next, we've got Josh Joey, but right now it's time to call in and win. It's very exciting. Caller number, we already did a SID, number 87, 8 plus 7, 15 giveaway. Let's do caller number 14, a Gensel giveaway. Four points last night, 5 plus 9 equals 14. Caller number 14 right now to 412-333-WXDX. Gets a couple of tickets to game two tomorrow night between the Penguins and the Flyers. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now in studio, you can check out his work at theathletic.com. It's Penguins beat guy, Josh Owey. Josh, can Philadelphia regroup for game two? Because that was a slaughter. There's no other word, a slaughter last night in game one. Well, I suppose it's possible. It's not like Philadelphia is a bad team without talent. But, boy, that was a performance that I was not expecting from the Penguins. I'm not surprised they won the game, but the Flyers at the end of that game didn't even put up a fight. I thought they would start something, but no, they they were just utterly defeated. And um, if the Penguins win tomorrow night... I don't want to say the series is over, but I think the series is over. And, and I suspect the Flyers will put up more of a fight, but to me, you just saw a clearly superior team. And to imagine the Flyers beating the Penguins four out of six, boy, that's pretty hard to do right now. I think last night underlined the fact that the Penguins are far superior. The Flyers have nothing to counter Sid and Geno. And even the Flyers play a lot better. Uh, tomorrow night, I don't think that guarantees a result for them by any means. Well, not only were the Penguins really good last night, but my God, were the Flyers a mess. Who's their goalie going to be? I, I mean, does it matter? I, I don't know. Well, Haxtell certainly made it sound like it would be Elliott when he spoke after the game. He did. And he's not spoiled for choice. It's not like there's a clearly better option. But if I were him, I probably would have let the decision marinate overnight. Yeah, I think so, too. Elliott just looked completely out of sorts from the very beginning of that game. He hasn't been healthy either, and... And I didn't really like the way he was moving. He just didn't look comfortable to me. It's a bad situation. And, you know, the Flyers, their blue line's not very good to begin with. We know they're going to give up goals in this series to the Penguins. Uh, Philly's only chance is to score. And they sure didn't come very close to that last night either. It was just a complete disaster. So I'm not going to count them out after one game. But, boy, there's a lot of red flags we saw from the Flyers in that game. And, And if, indeed, the Penguins did feel like flipping the switch when the playoffs started, and if this is what we're going to see then the Flyers aren't going to be around much longer, which I know is okay with you, Mark. It would be just uh, wonderful, yes. Uh, <laughs> Matt Murray was pretty good last night. Uh, not a lot of saves, but some big saves. 
and that one in particular on Lawton. Yeah, he was great. I mean, listen, if Lawton doesn't fan on the original shot, he probably scores. But I give Murray credit. He didn't give up on the play. He made a spectacular save on the second effort. And in general, to me, in the first five minutes of that game, the Flyers had a couple of good looks, and you could see immediately that Murray was completely locked in in a way that we haven't really seen from him very often this season. So I really liked what I saw from him. Of note, Mark, Murray did not practice today, and... Mike Sullivan's calling it a maintenance day, which is fine, but uh, it's a little odd to me that he would need a maintenance day after the first game of the playoffs. It, it makes you wonder if there's not something bothering him, even if it's minor. Uh, it was a good game for Latang too. He mostly just played defense, very much simplified his game, and I thought it paid dividends. You know, I, I hate to say this because he's such of a great talent, but don't you find that Chris is sometimes at his best when you don't notice him all that often? Yes. And he is. Um, he, he, he played within himself. I know that's coach speak, but he did. And he, he was flawless defensively. And when he plays like that defensively, Mark, he, he's going to get his points. When you're that talented, you're going to score. You're going to put up numbers. And when he takes care of his own territory, that is always, to me, when he's at his best. And, and I think, historically speaking, Chris Letang's an underrated defensive player. He's a great one-on-one -on -one defender. He does a lot of great things in the defensive zone, and when he really focuses on that and makes that the priority in his game, you see performances like last night, and it's a very encouraging thing, Mark. Uh, they aren't going to win a Stanley Cup if we get the December version of Chris Letang, but the way he played last night, if he can keep doing that, that's that's a big deal. I thought the Gino gold demoralized Philadelphia, and then Sid just kept right on demoralizing. <laughs> that's why I wonder how Philly regroups. Uh I'm not so sure they're going to sit down, watch video, uh, look at the whiteboard and practice, and come up with any answer for numbers 87 and 71. No, that, that's a very fair point, Mark. From a psychological standpoint, the Penguins didn't just win that game. They didn't just blow them out. Uh, their two best players were literally toying with them. Uh, Malkin, I'll go back to the second period when Malkin almost scored the goal of the night when he hit the post. I mean, It was almost as though he said, I'm going to try to beat four guys on one play just because I can, and he did it. And when a guy does that, yeah, it sends a message. It absolutely does. It sends the message, hey, our best players are better than your best players. Claude Giroux can't do this. Uh, Wayne Simmons can't do this. And and if you're the Flyers, of course you're aware of that. And, and yes, I, I think a seed was clearly planted. I thought the Flyers sent themselves a bit of a message there, too, because Giroux quit on that play. He was chasing Don Gino and clearly quit. And Gino went right around Gosta's bear there best defenseman. That's not a good look for Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, Voracek was involved in that play as well, and you're right. Those are all their best players. And if I'm the Flyers, maybe that's what concerns me more than anything. It, it was all of their best. It was their top defense pairing on the ice for, I think, four goals against. It was Giroux a minus four or a minus five? Uh, their best. They're still adding it up, Josh. That's right. <laughs> I mean, their best players were absolutely rotten last night. They were going head-to-head -head against Crosby and Malkin. And uh, it, it was just a bad look for the Flyers in every way. And, and listen, like I said, it, it's not always going to be this easy. I suspect tomorrow night will be a much closer game. How could it not be? But they've played five times this season. The Penguins have won all five. I don't think that's coincidental. Here's what I think Philadelphia does tomorrow night. The Penguins, like you mentioned, have, have, have won all five meetings against the Flyers this year and have scored a total of 27 goals in those five <laughs> games, uh, never scoring fewer than five. I bet the Flyers come out and play super conservative tomorrow night. And given the makeup of their team, if they do, I bet that won't serve them well. But I bet it'll be a knee-jerk reaction from a coach who, and understandably, just doesn't know what to do right now. That's right. And he was asked last night if he needed to slow the pace down, and he immediately said, no, that's not what we do. And I understand what he means. The Flyers play a lot like the Penguins. 
Only they don't do it as well. Only worse, yeah. Right. I mean, they do. But stylistically, they are not a sit-back team. They play more like the Penguins or the Maple Leafs. They are an up-tempo team that must win because of their forwards and, and the, their ability to score goals. So that's their bind. Do you completely change what you do well and take that chance? Or you keep saying, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna take on the best offensive team in hockey and I'll score it. Um, there's no right answer there, I don't think. But I'm curious to see what they do, and and it would not surprise me at all, Mark. Especially if you have goaltending issues against the Penguins, it, it, I think you're almost in a position where you have to try something different and have to insulate that guy a little bit. We're talking to Josh Elliott. He's brought to you by the Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital. The Penguins' fourth line played a lot and played pretty well. That's actually a decent group right now, isn't it? That was a big development in that game last night, Mark. I thought Riley Shane was one of the Penguins' best players, especially in the first period. First few shifts, man, was he good. That's as good as we've seen him look in a Penguin sweater. And, you know, Tom Kunakel, listen, he's not going to help you much offensively. He is what he is, but I think he's playing better now than he was earlier in the season. And the other guys, Zach Aston Reese. Boy, oh boy, do the coaches love this kid, and you can see why. He's always in position defensively. He plays kind of a physical game, which is something the Penguins don't have much of, and I think they could use it. And that line, for whatever reason, works. And I talked with Aston Reese after the game, and I said, you guys you know, look pretty good early. And he told me, he said, from the first shift, we kind of felt like we had something that we haven't had before on that line, and, and you could see it. And that's, listen, you're probably not going to win or lose a cup because of your fourth line, but it doesn't hurt to get something from that line, and they got something last night. The Penguins blocked 24 shots. Chad Ruido blocked six. Uh, Josh, I thought they quit blocking shots when Cole left town. How could, <laughs> how, how could, how could they put up numbers like this? Especially Ruido. Who the frig does he think he is? Ian Cole? I'd be taking shots at my pal Ian Cole. I'm, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an Ian Cole booster. <laughs> I know. I'm not a booster of Ian Cole boosters though. I understand. Um, I will say this. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I don't think the Penguins were all that invested in things like shot blocking during their regular season. I, I really believe that. I, I think they know what it takes to win, and they know in the playoffs, especially in this era, you have to block shots. Let's put it this way. The Flyers finished with 24 shots on goal last night, and they had 24 shots blocked. That tells me the Penguins are invested. And if they're going to play like that in front of Matt Murray, I don't think Murray has to be great. I just think he has to be good. Were the Flyers as physical and chippy as you expected? I thought Simmons, for example, was just invisible. And then when they got a little dirty, when they fell you know, behind, Oleksiak laid that guy out with a big hit, and that was the end of that I, for a bit. Yeah, you and I talked about that in the locker room after the game last night, Mark. I thought that was one of the biggest moments in the game. The first five minutes, things got a little chippy in the third period. And, hey, the score was 6 nothing or whatever it was. That's going to happen. And Oleksiak almost decapitated someone on the bench, and that was that. There, there was yeah, right a, in front of their bench, right? Yeah, and there was not a peep from the Flyers the rest of the game. You mentioned Simmons. I literally didn't notice him all game. Not, not one time did I think that, that, that's there's Simmons to... in front of the net. I mean, I mean, he's you know he's one of the best players. You didn't notice him. There was very little physicality from the Flyers, and you know what? They're not your granddaddy's Flyers in that regard. But I expected a little more of a fight than what I saw. Yeah, uh, I don't think they cheated themselves on effort, but like you yeah. said, I, I thought. I thought once they got behind, like there were times Konechki kind of went to a scrum and then skated out. It was like, ah, it's not worth it. In, in the first game, no matter what the score is, it still has to be worth it because you're trying to set a tone. And yeah. I'm not sure the Flyers set any kind of anything last night. Uh, the only guy setting the tone was Geno Malkin with all the offensive zone penalties and picking fights. But listen, he's also the Penguins enforcer. He might need a raise. I don't know at this point. But um, no, it, it wasn't your typical Penguins-Flyers feeling. 
And that's perfectly fine with Mike Sullivan. Given what the score was, uh, you don't need that if you're the Penguins. But it was not like the Flyers at all. It was very uncharacteristic of them to not try something. I thought Broussard's line wasn't great. Kind of sloppy from Phil and Sherry. But I thought Broussard was very good. He's kind of a glue guy, isn't he? I feel like he not elevates like Sid does with his line mates, but elevates in his own way. Maybe maybe makes up for some weaknesses if the other guys aren't doing so good. There's a lot of responsibility on him, Mark. Uh, with all due respect to Phil Kessel, who has had a magnificent season, and Connor Sherry, who has had his moments, those guys are not good defensive players at all. They're probably the two worst defensive forwards on the Penguins. And so Broussard has so much responsibility in his own zone and in the neutral zone. And, you know, so maybe that's why they didn't produce a ton of offense last night. I didn't think Phil was very good last night for his standards anyway. He's a little off. And Sherry, you know, he's he's just a hard guy Neither to Neither one right of now. them could catch a pass last yes, night. That, that's that's absolutely accurate. But I thought Broussard was good. He made a great play to Gensel on the goal in the second period on the power play. And more to the point, he looks healthy. He got through the game fine. So he apparently is good to go. He looked good in practice today. You know, you know what I like about Broussard? Broussard's the real good player they added who's never won. So he smells the blood, yeah. and his enthusiasm is tangible. Absolutely it is. And he's he's never won, and yet he's always been a really good playoff player. Yes. So that's a great combination. And I'm a big believer that you always need a couple of guys like that who haven't won. Who who just they just provide something that that's not there. You don't want the same team that's already got a bunch of rings. Uh, Ron Hainsey brought something last year. He did because he had never won anything before. And it's always good to have a guy like that around. And I, you know, Broussard, I think underwhelmed some people his first few weeks in Pittsburgh. This guy's a good player, and you're going to see him. I think have a lot of big moments in this postseason. Where does this series go from here, Josh? What do you expect from each team tomorrow night at PPG? I have to think it's going to be a tighter checking game tomorrow night. I can't imagine the Penguins will put up seven again. But Don't that... you think, though, the Flyers will have to sacrifice some of the way they play to make a tighter checking? I understand that they don't want to trade rushes with Pittsburgh, but did they have to get beat 7 nothing to realize that? Uh, you wouldn't think so. I mean, listen, the Penguins don't lose very often at home. They're clearly in control. I expect a closer game. I don't think the Flyers will implode like they did, but I think the Penguins are fine, and this has all the makings of being over in five games, does it not? That's what I predicted, Josh. You're, you're a super genius. So, so it has been said. I expect nothing less. So it will come to pass. That's Josh Shelley from TheAthletic.com. I'm Mark Madden. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin next. Congratulations to Steve from Oakmont, who just won a pair of Penguin tickets, courtesy of me, Mark Madden, the super genius, 105.9. This is Justin Schultz of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Thanks to Josh Shelley for stopping by. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, your thoughts on last night's game? Uh, just spectacular. 8 nothing would have been better. 9 nothing better still. But 7 nothing over the old enemy, uh, it was delightful. Sorry. Screwed up hand, wrong button. Uh, I was fine with seven nothing. Uh, I was <laughs> perfect. It I would have gone for two after the touchdown, Bob. No, I like the seven. Well, let's nothing. tell the listeners how you broke your hand because didn't your cat intentionally push you down a flight of steps or something like that? Mark, we have talked often. Uh, you regaled me with stories about your cat, and I always said I am not a cat person until my wife brought home a cat for our daughter, and I am still not a cat person. As I was running up the stairs on Sunday night. The cat decided to beat me up the stairs and uh, trip me up, 
and I fell on my right hand and broke two for the fourth and fifth metacarpal and the uh, dislocated the pinky. So I am uh, up as Jason Sidling of the Penguins said, I'm upper body day to day. You get rid of the cat? <laughs> no. You want to? Like though, I said, it's, uh, I'm a golden retriever guy, but uh, it is the cat's not bad. That's just her thing racing you up and down the stairs. And I will tell you this. My orthopedic surgeon, Mark, he told me that cats and puppies keep him in business because you would not believe how often this happens, he said. No, actually, is the uh, owner of a cat that used to race down the steps in front of me, <laughs> uh, I believe that uh, very much. Now, I, I want to talk about a few specifics about last night's Penguins win. One thing I didn't get to with either Josh Owey or Joe Bartnick was Jake Gensel was named the game's second star and had a goal and three assists, a four-point night for Jake and Bake, and I think that's real important because he needs to realize what time of year it is, too, because he had 13 goals in last year's playoffs, led the NHL, and he had a checkered regular season. So I think it's important for him to get some confidence, a kind of jolt of positivity right off the get-go. Confidence and jolt are two perfect words, Mark. Uh, you can't agree with, can't disagree with that at all. The thing about him is that uh, for a while now, a lot of Penguins fans, including people calling this show, have said, look, Sid needs to find his right line mates. And most of the time, Jake Gensel was a name that was on that line. It's just that it wasn't going right for him. Last night, it was going right for him. He was in the right position all the time. He was hustling every time. Um it was a great game by him, and like you said, a jolt is a perfect word because if it carries on to the second, third, fourth game, it'll be a four- or five-game series, and that's exactly what Sid's line and the team as a whole needed. What was the better goal last night? Gino going from his blue line to net that backhand or Sid batting the puck out of the air on his backhand? I'll give it to Gino, and it's... I would, too. It's a close vote, Mark, because... It's just like, I'm not saying that what Sid did is becoming the norm now, but we've seen it a couple times in the last few games. So it was shocking that it was on the backhand and it was coming right at him and the way he worked it in. Incredible goal. You know, if we weren't talking about Gino's goal right now, the whole hockey world would be talking about that one again. I thought the great thing about Sid's goal was Dumo whiffed on the shot. He just fluffed it. It was going end over end, <laughs> and it turned out to be a great apple. He got an assist out of nowhere. It was a perfect chip. It went right over uh, Elliot's shoulder. I think it actually hit his shoulder and then went in. But the thing, you know, Tim Benz tweeted this earlier, Mark. It, it, it looked like uh, Firmino trying to find Salah for a bicycle kick. How about that? Now that I'm watching soccer with you in studio, I actually know what that means. A year ago, I would have had no clue who you were talking about. Uh, you've been held hostage. Right. Uh, what, what about the Gino goal? Gino goal is incredible. Uh, I was up on my feet uh, when he put it in. I wasn't expecting the backhand at that point. I thought he was going to come a little deeper with it. I don't think Elliot was. I, I thought he might. I thought he might have circled the net at that point. I, I honest to God, I, I thought he was going to duck his shoulder and go around the net and try to look for somebody coming late. I thought he was going to go around, or I thought he was going to do a quick skate stop and then try and shoot it. But what he did caught everybody off guard, specifically Elliot. Uh, and well, who plus he, it was a lightning bolt. That I mean, I'm a big fan of the backhand. I think it's hockey's forgotten art form. And Sid has the best backhand in hockey, but that backhand right there by Gino would give any backhand Sid ever shot a run for its money. Well, Tim Benz tweeted this earlier in the day and said that the goal, and Josh Yowie just talked about it a second ago, but Gino going through all four guys from the left side right across the middle, he left the puck naked, threw two guys, picked it up on the other end, and it hit the post. If that would have gone in, 
that would be the goal everybody would be talking about. Oh, that about. one where he yeah, where he kind of scuffed his forehand just it, a little bit. The teeniest bit. But even to get the shot off at that angle, Mark, for it to hit the post. Oh, I forgot about that because oh, there was so much great that happened last night. What I liked about the goal he did score was he left Voracek in the dust, left Giroux in the dust. In fact, Giroux quit on the play. Quit. If you watch the replay, Claude Giroux, the great leader, the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, who wants to stop the Penguins' little streak, he quit on that play. And then Gino blew around Gostas Bear, who's their best defenseman. Well, you've had uh, Anthony Sanfilippo on the show a number of times. Can I just read you? I was following him on Twitter last night. He's If the Penguins are playing the Flyers, he is who you have to follow from the Philadelphia media. Here's what he tweeted when Gino made that goal. Gino abuses Voracek who is tired, and Giroux, also tired, can't catch him, leads to a nice move by Malkin, and Elliot got no answer, 3-0 pens, one more, I'll see you Friday. <laughs> and then the tweets after that, Mark, were, see, I'm done. Uh, it, you got to follow him if you're not doing so already. Yeah, I do follow him. Uh, San Filippo's great, no question about that. So uh, how do you expect the series to go from here, Bob, very quickly? Uh, at most five games. Uh, I think that if there's a short 3-2 win by Philadelphia in there, it comes in their third game. Um, but, you know, I don't think that the uh, Flyers will have much answer for the, everything the Penguins have. You don't think Philly wins tomorrow night then? I don't. Don't you think it's must win for them if they really want to make a series out of it? Tomorrow night or the third game? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, absolutely. Can't go down. I, I think if they go down two games to none, nobody's going to expect them to win four out of five. I think if they split the first two in Pittsburgh and take away home ice... I still think people would expect, and I would pick Pittsburgh to win, but then they would probably bleed it out to six or seven games. Yeah, if it happened that way, more people would expect the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. I'm Mark Madden. Your comments on 7 nothing. How great was that? The chili goal. Wendy's, how about some chili? Let's get that back in place. Let's get the chili goal back in the lexicon. I'm Mark Mann, 105.9.